When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. This is a midweek fix that we're recording um, an audio download, but you can watch it on our Riverside app and watch it on your phone. And if you're on a desktop, you can absolutely watch it, comment, join in, wherever you want. So if you're here and you're on a desktop, by all means, when we give you the show, um, join us, talk about the bits we're going to talk about, and we get through this next hour and we see how we get on. With me, I have got Matt and I have got Keith. Um... Premier League predictions, not just Liverpool, overall Premier League predictions for 22-23. Keith, I'm going to come to you first. Um, yes. Are you excited about the new season? I am excited about the new season. I'm always excited about the new season um, until the new season starts and depends how Liverpool go, uh-huh. at which point I will uh, give up on the new season. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. Liverpool, short win, uh, a short summer. We're rolling into it. We know this season is going to be a bit of a, an anomaly with the um, World Cup in the middle of it. So it makes predictions maybe a little bit harder than, than they probably should be. And I'll put a bit more thought into this maybe than I, than I would have done. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Okay. I hate the break. I hate when there's no international the football. would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, something would have been nice. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Do you know what? The women's Euros was already. It was a nice little, nice little, uh, a nice little bit of football there. But something in the middle of the summer would have been better, you know what I mean? Yeah, it gets you out, doesn't it? Get you yeah. But then again, Keith, we could have been watching the World Cup going, oh, just bring back Liverpool. You get annoyed at the World Cup. That's then, always the way, yeah. It's yeah. always the way. Matt, Especially if Ireland are not there, or if they are there and they go home early, then it's yeah, like, well, wrap Ireland this up. Ireland usually show for two weeks, get locked yeah. and drunk, and then just say, fuck that, we're out there. And then you open, you're in the, you're in the knockouts, like, nah, I'm not interested. We've had enough, look, enough's enough, we're going home. Uh, yeah. Ma, you, you are really optimistic, um, yeah. overall as a person. Um, are you looking forward to this season? Nah, it's, you're getting into this less than a week to go countdown territory now. Like, it's, it's for real. You got to get those fantasy teams locked in. And yeah, yeah, it's, I forgot about that. Yeah, see. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited for the season to get started because uh it feels like it's gonna be a good year. I think it's gonna be a great season. I think like 
as a Liverpool fan, I'm really looking forward to it because I always, um, I always do look forward to it. But just some of the signings that have been made, um, I suppose the progression that you've seen from some teams, the possibly regression of others that we might get into, I just think it's going to be a fascinating season. Now, we probably say that every year, but I think with some clubs talking themselves up really highly and some are a bit kind of, Oh, I'm not too sure about this. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be in, really intriguing this season. We've brought up a list. We're going to bring up a list of things that we're going to talk about tonight. And as I said, if people are watching and they want to join in at some stage, we'll give you the, we'll give you the heads up and you can join in. I think if you're watching it on, on the Riverside app or on your desktop, there's a little, Matt will be able to explain it better, but I think there's a little button you can press where you can type in a question and request to come on screen and then we can allow you to come on. Am I right in saying that, Matt? Yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't work off the phone. So if you're uh, watching and listening along using the Riverside app on your phone, this option isn't open to you. But if you're on a desktop and at least using Chrome, that's the browser that I tried it with and it worked. Uh, underneath the three boxes with our faces in it, there should be a link that said, and I should have written, wrote this down, uh, join, start live chat or join live, start, start live, live call, call in, in button. button. Bingo. So you press you press that, a little screen will come up, it'll ask you for your name, your question, then you'll get another screen where you just do a quick audio video test, and then you uh, you sit and wait on hold for the boss man to answer and pick up your call. So Good I'm really hoping we get a few people tried out. I'm hoping. I'm hoping we do. It'd be um, nice. Even, what? It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I'm, like, we'll get people in and they can, like, when these some of these topics come up, they might jump in and give us other names and give them the opportunity to do that. And then hopefully if there's people watching that aren't Liverpool fans, they might be able to give, come in and give us their views on if it's Arsenal or Leicester or Newcastle or Spurs or United, whoever it is, they might do that as well. Um, Laura Duffy says this season will be extra intriguing because of the all the usual things that happen, plus the World Cup in the middle. I think that's going to be huge. I think... I actually think that's where Liverpool get an advantage. I think when Klopp gets six weeks with, all right, not a full squad, but possibly six weeks where he can actually get people ready again to go. And like another pre-season that he loves, I think it could be huge. Let's kick it off, though. Um, I'm just going to go through this list as I sent it to you. Um, bargain of the summer. Now, this can be a player that's 50 million and you think he's worth 80. It could be a fella that's worth paid five and he's probably worth 25. It's completely how you see it. It's up to you. Keith, bargain of the summer for you in the Premier League. The easy and obvious one is Fabio Carvalho um, for the money that, that Liverpool have paid for him. And the the impact I think he will make, uh, I think he's the, the easy choice. But he's not the one I've gone for. The one I've gone for is a player who is going to a team that needs an overhaul, right? They haven't had an overhaul. But they've had a little gradual little little change and it's um Malassia at Manchester United. Mm. I'm intrigued by Man United this season. Same. Um I don't know if they're gonna be good. I think they are gonna be good. I like Ten Hag's Ajax, I like Ten Hag. Um and, and I don't know what to make of them. Now I think fullback is becoming such a key area for teams. Liverpool are the prime example of that with Trent Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson, Manchester City. You know, they, you play from your fullbacks these days. And Luke Shaw was okay. Alex Tellez is terrible. They've brought in a young fella now here who's an absolute flyer. And I'm intrigued to see how this guy gets on. And, and a fairly low price as well. So. 12 million? 12 million pounds or something, yeah. And I know, like I said, Carvalho's cheaper. There's, there's cheaper players out there, but 
this is the fella who I think United bring in Lissandro Martinez right now Lissandro Martinez is 50 odd million he's 5 foot 3 centre back I don't know you know <laughs> how he's going to pan out I think he'd be decent as well um, they bring in Christian Eriksen for a low fee but we know the reasons behind that I think this guy is going to be a bargain. I think he's going to be a huge, huge bargain. And I think he symbolises for Manchester United everything that they've done wrong in the transfer market over the last, since Ferguson retired and even maybe a little bit before that. They went in, Leon agreed a deal for this kid and United just bamboozled them at the end and gave the money, matched it or gave a little bit more and got the player. Whereas we've all seen it in years gone by. We've seen it, you know, up to last season. They go in and they just put loads of money down on players that aren't worth, you know, three quarters of what they're paying or even, you know, sometimes in Harry Maguire's case, you know, you're probably looking at a £25 million defender that went for £80 million, you know. So they've been, they've done that business horrifically over the years. And I think this is a smart signing for them. And I think it'll be one of the bargains of the season. He plays against Liverpool in, um, was it Bangkok? Yeah, Bangkok. Bangkok, I think it was. And I really liked him. Um, confident on the ball looks to, like Luke Shaw is quite confident on the ball and looks to get forward but this fella has a real purpose about him um, good going the other way good pace defensively looked positionally wise looked good it'll all depend on what way United want to go though because in order to get I think the best out of him you're probably ha- going to have to trust him to be really high up the pitch and in turn you're going to have to trust your centre backs now United couldn't do that because you couldn't trust their midfield um, and you most certainly couldn't trust your centre back. So I'm not too, I, if I'm a United fan, I'm not too bothered about Lissandro Martinez being five foot nine or whatever. Oh no. Because I don't, how many goals are, how many headed goals are scored in the Premier League where you see a fella tearing over another fella? It's not often seen anymore because there's a lot of football played and yeah. it's a lot of get into certain positions in channels and cut balls back and, and coming to play, try tear teams apart more than be really direct. And you may see that against the likes of Brentford who love doing it long throws and stuff like that, but the majority of teams in this league try play football, counter-attacking football, and Alessandro Martinez is quick. Um, yeah. He's quite quick. He's And he, good, he's great with the ball as well. Good defence and he's good on the ball, yeah. yeah. Um, I, but I, that's a key point, Gav, that you make there. If that had been Harry Maguire, Lindelof, or Dan, I probably think Malassia could have struggled a little, not struggled, but I agree, I think he needs to be pushed really high up. Mm. And I think the Martinez signing allows for that. So I think you know they've done good business. Do you know yeah. what I mean? All in I, all, I, I think they have. I think the only concern I have over them, you probably get back to them when we're talking the top top six yeah. and stuff. The only concern I have about them is this Frankie De Jong thing that yeah. continues to go on and on and on. And the rumbling is he doesn't want to play for Manchester United, despite the fact that you know you just keep banging on the door. And the other thing is um, Ronaldo, where you're going. Clearly doesn't want to be there. He's tried his best to get out. He's come back on off at half time. And, you know, it's got, it could quickly turn into Ronaldo against Ten Hag. And that's not a start you want as any manager or any yeah. club. And especially if it's one of the best two players that you've seen in the last 25 years. It's, you know, they're up there. He's up there as one of the greats. And he holds so much sway still at that club, despite his behavior in the summer. Um, I think Ten Hag needs to get out of that situation quick. Yeah, whether that's just more. whether that's just he's staying and Ronaldo says he's staying, or he's going. We want him out, cut, cut up his contract, wherever it might be. But Malasia is a is a good um is a good show. I I think he's he's looked good and it's not a fifty five million pound left back. Yeah, it's thirteen, twelve, thirteen million, and you go. You know what? Um, if it doesn't work, people will ridicule them because they're Manchester United. But if it does. It's starting to show the way they should do things. Because I've said it for a while. United should actually look at what Liverpool do. 
yeah. for regards to transfers. And like, all right, Liverpool go 70 million and they go 80 million at times, but a lot of them can be 10, 12. Robertson is eight. Do you know yeah. the sort of way? There's loads in there. Look at Juan Basaka, you know, on the other side for them, yeah. 50 million, and he's just not a 50 million pound player that they can't get rid of now. You well, know? He's, so, not, he's not a 50 million pound player in the, the, the structure that they played under no. uh, Solcher, right? But he's most definitely not a, a fullback that one that can play under Ten Hag. If Ten yeah. Hag thinks his fullbacks have to get forward, because the yeah. fella literally doesn't know what to do when he's no. over the halfway line. Breaks out in a rash when he yeah. gets up to the other end. Matt. Um, he's gone from Malassia to Manchester United. I'll give you my pick in a minute. Um, what do you think? Uh, just for, just before I give you mine, uh, does Martinez play left side center half? Like, are Martinez and Malassia going to be yeah, the left be, side yeah. of the United States? Yeah, because that'll that'll help the that'll help Malassia a lot versus having yeah. to be like if he's just stuck beside Harry Maguire. Like that's just terrible. Maguire plays left side, doesn't he, for them? He yes. does. I mean, he's, yeah. he definitely did it the game at Old Trafford last year because yeah. him and Luke yeah. Shaw kept running into each other. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to go kind of the same lines. My my first pick was Fabio Carvalho. Uh, I think because, you know, it almost happened in January and then just happened at the soon as the offseason started. It was just announced and it was over that it, it's kind of gone under the radar for probably everybody that's not a Liverpool fan. Um, but I also took a fullback. I think Jed Spence could do real good things at Tottenham uh you know had a really good season last year in the championship and he looks like he's going to get the confidence of uh of Conte to take the position and make it his own um so it's it's you know he's a modern day fullback it's he's going to have a lot more cover in terms of having the three center halves behind him so he'll in theory be allowed to really go and express himself going forward and uh a decent quality fullback which you know been a while since Spurs have had, you know, maybe since Kyle Walker left to go to City, have had somebody that they could consistently rely on to get up the pitch. And you start thinking about somebody with decent delivery throwing the ball in for Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, even Richarlison. I, I think it could pay uh, good dividends. And he was only about 13, 14 million pounds too. So it's interesting that because he's on loan for us from Middlesbrough. And, you know, Forrest apparently wanted him and I couldn't believe Middlesbrough letting him go for 15 or 14 million. That might be only a year left on the field. That may be the issue. Um, I can't see him having anything in his contract at that age where if he, if he gets a Premier League team, he gets a meal for a certain amount. I think he will be good. I think he's going to have to do an awful lot of work in a, in a Conte side. Though. Yeah. Um, he expects an awful lot of his wing-backs. He expects them to be up-and-down machines. Now, he has, got, he has got the build for it. He has the athleticism for it. Um, but he needs to learn the art of defending in a real yeah. proper way because uh, look, well, he's got I, a proper coach. So oh, I mean, unbelievable really he's an unbelievable coach in, in, in Conte. But what I'm saying yeah. is, in in a, in a back, I think it was a back four. He might have played a, a maybe a back five at Forest. But you know, there's a big jump from Championship to Premier League. On an off day, you might make that jump in an FA Cup game or whatever. But for over 38 games, there's a massive, massive jump. And not when you play three at the back. The one place you look to expose teams when you when they're playing that is in behind between the fullback and the yeah. and the centre back and Liverpool play off it. Whenever I see a team playing three centre halves against Liverpool, I think we can more of this because we are going to leave spaces there unless you're going to go flat back five. And he he'll have to learn. He learn on the job, but he has a brilliant coach, like you said. He's an absolutely brilliant coach to try to do, and I think it is a good deal at fourteen or fifteen million quid. Um, my pick is the guy um, Aronson. 
Brendan Aronson. Leeds. Yeah. Leeds. And the reason I've done it is I'm not too sure what the fee was. About 35 million. Right. I think it's a bargain in what they need. Yeah. Now, I think it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. And it's easy to go. Like, um, Fabio Carvalho was, like we said, is a really, really good one to go for. Um, Spence's initial fee is 19 million, but still, it's still a good deal for a young, young fullback that's really impressed everyone that's played there. Laura Duffy says that. The reason I think this could be a bargain for Leeds is the type of player he is and what he can bring to the players around him is something Leeds need massively. I was talking to Joe Wayman on his show last week and I was telling him that I'm dying, I was dying to talk about Leeds and he was like, why? And I was like, they're signing loads of players and they need to, Joe, because I don't care if you bring in, you know, the fucking 800 the world to manage it. What's gone on under Bielsa and how tired that squad is, as good as Bielsa was, it's so hard to get yourself back. And he's starting to replace players that looked, for me, tired. Calvin Phillips went to Man City, and I think that's he could have only went to two places, City and Liverpool. He needs to be in teams that dominate the ball for long periods of time. Not only because I think it suits him, I think it's because it gives him the chance in that side to recuperate his body over yeah. the next 12 months and then show exactly what he can do as a player. You know, if he wants to go box to box, he probably called Calvin Phillips. But this guy, Arneson, uh, Aronson, sorry, I keep saying his name wrong, don't I? Um, loads of energy, really good on the ball, holds it well, brings players into play. Don't think he scores a hell of a lot of goals, but he just, he feeds people ball all the time. Just keeps feeding ball all the time. Do you know who he reminds me of? And I don't know, it's a mad, mad fucking thing. But there was a guy at Swansea years ago, little tiny fella. Um, I can't think of his name. And he never done anything. Never scored goals. But when he played, he just kept feeding balls to people. Loads Leon of energy. Britain, was it? Leon Britain. And Leon Britain, he when he played for Swansea, right? Didn't score loads of goals. I don't know if he assisted loads. But when you watch him playing for Swansea, he went, you know what? He just links everything. Loads of energy. Closing down. Gets a tackle in. And just keeps feeding people all the time with the ball. And that's what Leeds need. Kev says it there. He's the hockey assister. Yeah. That's, that's what he feels like to me. And he, Leeds need it. Because... I was saying to Joe, Leeds need to come out and press high and get get a real vibe going again at Elland Road under under Jesse Marsh. And the, the, the fans will feed off it. Leeds fans are good at feeding off it. And I think this fella could be absolutely key to them. I know 35 million sounds a lot, but I, I think in a year's time you look and go, that's an absolute steal. And you're probably looking at someone at the top four going, they'll have a look at him. They genuinely have a look at him. And I could be way off, but it's just a sign for me that says that... That just really suits what Leeds need and have to do. I I might be way off with my valuation because Matt says it's twenty five million for Aronson, which is a cracking price. Yeah, no, look, uh, don't get me wrong. I could have went for someone for ten, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just just in that midfield, like when you see in the back end of the last season, Calvin Phillips wasn't there. They were playing. There was a lot of mismatch going on in midfield, you know, and there wasn't a real. There was a bit of hard work, but it looked unorganised. And then when they got it, it didn't look like someone that just trusted themselves with the ball. This fella does. This fella absolutely trusts himself with the ball in tight, tight areas. Yeah. And then looks to spring things. So I think it's good. And Jack with the business the- that they've done, sorry for coming across, you have the business that Leeds have done with Tyler Adams and yeah. uh, Mark Rocha and all, they, they brought in good players and Aronson sort of compliments them now. You know, it's not a scattergun, I don't think. I think it's a sensible... Um, Build and I think Aronson is is a good show. 
Jack from the Talking Ballocks pod, which is a deadly name, by the way. Uh, Bamford was a massive miss for Leeds last season. No real focal point. He was. But yeah. if you look at Gellhart, Gellhart ran his socks off. He's just another good young player. But Leeds lacked the leadership for me. And he lacked someone to take responsibility. And not, and sometimes to slow things down and go, look, be comfortable on it. Hold the ball. They were losing the ball. They played United at home. And they were beating 4-2 in the end. And they were 2-0 down. I think they got back to 2-2. It was pissing rain at Ellen Road, I think. And they gave the ball away so much. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, if it, if it was Liverpool, they would have lost 10-0. Let me put it yeah. that way to you. And I think this guy is, is really good. Laura Duffy says, Aronson also played for Marsh before, and he links up yeah. well with Tyler Adams, who, of course, has gone to Leeds. So there's a couple of names for you. Um, if, there's, if there's any more that you think is a bargain, um, lash them in the chat, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick them up in a couple of minutes. Player that was paid too much for. Overpriced. What are you doing? Um, Ma, I'll let you go first on this one. I'm so happy it came to me first because I really only had one name that came to my mind first off, and I think they overpaid for Richarlison. Of course they did. Of course they did. Right. Okay. 60, 60 million pounds. I don't even know if he starts. No, I don't he think he starts. I, I think that no. front three meshed so well at the back end of last season that Conte's not going to you know cut off his nose despite his face just to shoehorn this guy in. He's proven throughout his career that he's a stubborn bastard of a manager and he's going to go with what works for him. And Richarlison's going to have to try to fight his way into that team. And I, I don't think he has it in him. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's crazy money that Everton got for Richarlison. The funny thing with this one is Son has a history of being injured. Yeah. At certain times of the season. Kane does as well. Kulisevsky, Kulisevsky, am I Kulisevsky. Kulisevsky. I, I say Kulisevsky. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's where I'm going with. That was right. Um, really good four season. Really impressive. Lovely left foot on him. Powerful. Skillful. Second season. People know him a bit more. Will he, will he get on as well? I think he will. I think he's a good player. Richardson will get chances because Kane does miss games. Um, Son misses games. You, they're in the Champions League though. If they were in the Europa League I think he would have got loads of Europa League football while Kane and Son or whoever has kept for, for Premier League I was a bit surprised by it because I thought if I'm Spurs and I even have an inkling that Kane might go in 12 months time you know it doesn't work out you bring somebody in for probably 30 to 40 that's 22 or 23 years of age and you say you know what you will get 25 to 30 games this season across all competitions but we're looking for you to be the future a little bit like I can only speak on Liverpool's behalf of you know Diaz coming in um, Nunes coming in um, Jota who comes in and you know is the future of Liverpool Fabio Carvalho you know I, I just think Richarlison at 60 million to me is a bit trying to make something look big when it doesn't actually suit you. It's a big signing. He's a Brazilian international. He's commanded 110 million in his last two transfers between Watford, Everton and, and Spurs. Gangster. But I, I just, I, and don't get me wrong, he could score goals for Spurs, but I just don't know the forward planning in it. I.e., if Spurs lose Kane to Bayern Munich next summer, are we all accepting that Richardson is Spurs' new number, center, new number nine centre forward? No. I don't think you are. Um, I think I, I think it's a good show. I think it is overpriced. And I I think he will get games. I think he might score goals. 
but I don't know if he'll do enough. And I don't know if he's the sort of player that if Spurs are on a good run and them three boys are playing every game and he's getting on for 10 minutes in 10 games in a row because they're winning fucking seven and drawing three. Um, I don't think if you take it too well. That's just my opinion. Keith? I agree. Yeah, he was my choice as well. And uh, I just think it's um, it's a lot of doubt. Could they have got someone that can do that job for them for less? I think they could. I think they really could. Someone that'll play, you know, when needed. Don't get me wrong. Richarlison is a good player. He he does have a good goal scoring record um, for Brazil and Everton. You know, not great, decent, but he, he can play across the front three. So I can sort of see, right, they need a player like that, but 60 million's a lot of bread for, for a player like him. Uh, I just think it's a bit of a crazy one. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, he could have got Timo Werner for half the price. Yeah, exactly. And I know and I people mock Timo Werner, but Timo Werner can do that job. Timo Werner is like impersonating a footballer at this stage. He looks so broken. Yeah. But it might be like he's rumored to go back to Leipzig, isn't he? Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, but. Timo Werner to me just looks like someone that just never suits Chelsea from day one. Exactly. Just because a player flops at a club doesn't mean he's a bad player all of a whereas sudden. Whereas I look at Timo Werner going, right, if it's into Kane and he's torn and looking to spring somebody, Timo Werner has paced the point. And you could have done that for 30 million, in my opinion, because Chelsea yeah. would have taken it off you. Um, couple of comments in here. Uh, let me see. Dan's guard could be great. Overpriced. Matt is dead right on yeah. Allison. Um Laura says, especially considering the Elves financial situation, I presume 60 million was a bit mad. Jack says, McNeil, question mark, 20 million rumoured for zero goals and one assist in 38 appearances. Um, Tor reckons that, uh, Spurs will get that money back in 18 months when Barcelona shocked the world. Hope <laughs> do. Matt says, McNeil took 52 shots last season and didn't score. The highest number since Stuart Downing had 72 shots and zero goals in 11-12. You could, you it's could, a really good trivia question. That's yeah. a, no, you don't go there. You're not allowed near <laughs> trivia anymore. Um, McNeil, sorry, um, let me see. Laura reckons you could easily see Richardson falling out with Conte somewhere else during the season. Werner to Chelsea screamed that we want him, so Liverpool can't have him. Um, it just didn't fit. It didn't fit. I, I'm struggling to think of one. I, I think Richardson is a great show. Go on, Keith. Go on. We'll have a I, I had Richardson as well, right? But I also have West Ham. But I have two signings here, right? So West Ham have shelled out 70 million euros on Ricardo Scamica, the centre forward from Sassuolo, and Noyet Aguerd, a centre back off, um, Ren, I think it is. 70 million? Yes, yeah, so he spent 35 on this centre back. Oh, hold on, no, 70 million combined. Combined, yeah, 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 combined. No, 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 Jesus, Scamica no, combined. And I know that's a bit, yeah, it's not really our paying too much. In the WhatsApp chats we've had, Gav, um, everyone's very sceptical of Italian players leaving Italy. Do you know what I mean? And I, I I, just think, you know, a good player will go. I mean, West Ham have had success with Paolo Di Canio, so they they know firsthand you can have Italian players that are very good. But I don't know if this kid, I don't know if England is the right move for him. I could, you know, egg on the face at the end of the season, but I think 36 million euros for him and 35 million for Aguirre. And I don't know Aguirre at all. Don't. From Ren. Yeah, from the, I was seeing a centre back from Rennes. It, it sort of went under the radar for me. I think they needed a centre back, but imagine was... these thirty foot to forty million signs just go under the radar now. Yeah, that, that's like what I mean. Somebody for five million quid. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, and I'm like, I don't know if the guy is bad because I don't know. Yeah, well, Do you know what I mean? Chasing another midfielder this window as well for big money, and Declan Rice is being made club captain as well. Yeah, because Noel Noel retired. Yeah. But to me, West Ham are laying out huge money on players that I just don't think are um, 
are worth the money. So I think, you know, as a combined, and, and there's more, you know what I mean? They paid, I think, 10 million for the keeper off PSG. Did they pay? Did they bring him in? Um, oh, yeah, they made him permanent, didn't they? Ariola. Or is that a nipple? Was he on loan? He was somewhere, yeah, he was on loan there. But, you know, they're, they're putting out a lot of money. Yeah. Laura Duffy spent 30 million on a guard and he just had surgery on his ankle. Sorry. Screaming of a disaster, this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm delighted I went with that. You could be sitting here in January going, do you know what, that guard fella, that stomach fella just... Yeah. Well, where's Tom seen to pick up a lot of players? You know, your uh, Suchek's and Kufal's and all that. And, you know, these players that were coming in and, and David Moyes had a history of this, you know, unearthing these bums and making them into good players. And sometimes I think when a manager starts jumping up to the next level and it's like, okay, it's it could be great or it could be a disaster. So they're the ones that sort of jumped out to me. Diego Carlos Avila, I think, is is a risky one. He has red card row all over him. So they paid about 30-odd million for him as yeah. well. And that's just one that, you know, red flag alert all over him. The one for me um, hasn't got a fee involved is Jesse Lingard. Yeah. Or 200 grand a week at first. Um, <laughs> Sean, he likes Jesse Lingard. We always, I don't know how he comes up so much in their conversation, but he does. <laughs> and Sean, he's like, I like him. And I remember Jesse Lingard years ago being on loan, I think, at Birmingham from yeah. United and everyone raving about this fella. Um, you know, Jesse Lingard's the next big thing. And, and he had, I remember him having like a really good six week period for Man United where I think he scores away at Arsenal in the league and the cup, um, consecutively. And people are like, oh, Jesse Lingard. And then he just disappeared. And, like, he's had some personal issues. Now, people, you know, slag him for he makes all these mad signs with his fingers when he scores and he's brands and stuff, but they're all like that. They all have brands and they all have yeah, that. Boy, like, that's just another sticks to beat him with. Um, he's had some personal issues, but I don't think it's fair to have a go at him over. I think you just talk about his football. And you have to give him some sort of allowance, I think, as well, because the personal issues you've had, I think, have been quite serious. Do you know the sort of way family and stuff? And, and you know, you hope that that's all, as a footballer, you hope that that's all past it's, gone now and he's, he's looking to concentrate but you see like you know he kind of Rania kind of um, throws him under a bus by saying oh Jesse Lingard can't play and Jesse Lingard's on Instagram going I'm ready to play and it was all sorts of stuff but Forrest have given this fella 200 grand a week off the back of 10 good games for West Ham and that's the truth of the matter because he <laughs> had a re- at the back end of the season before last um, I think well, West Ham's struggling I think they were struggling yeah he comes um, in doesn't he in comes January. in and, and the end up quite safe but you know, he has he has an impact, and I don't think it would have been too hard to have an impact on West Ham at the time because I think they were quite poor. And then doesn't sign for West Ham, goes back to Manchester, disappears again. And I think West Ham wanted him back, and he ends up going to Forest two hundred grand a week. I think it's a massive, massive gamble by um, by Forest. It's ten million quid over the season, and I don't even know if he signed a two year deal. I think it might be a one year deal, no signing on fee, but two hundred grand. I think. I think it's a huge, huge um, outlay for them. I know they spent a lot of money and they brought in a lot of players, but we'll have to um, we'll have to wait and see on that. I just think it's a big risk. I think Forest have spent, but you're going to need hard work in this Premier League. I don't care what you spent. Villa spent 155 million quid when they come back into the Premier League, and we're safe on the final day away at West Ham. You know, um, <laughs> Fulham, Fulham done it as well. Didn't they they spent 100 million, Grealish. but. I, I just don't know. I think kind of telling people you've spent all this money won't keep you up. And it'll be inter- I think Forrest are really interesting as well. Um, if Forrest stay up, it's great business, says Kev. Mm, yeah. 
Um, but I think they could have stayed up without Jesse Lingard and that sort of outlay. So we'll have to wait and see. Kev says, did you hear the Dean Henderson interview today? Um, no. Um, could Forrest end up being another Fulham, says Jack? Too many new signs? Possibly. Uh, I think there's a big possibility of that because, you know, they started off and bought in a few good signings and you're like, geez, that's decent business by Forrest. And then they just start doing more and more and more. And it's like, I think they're doing too much culminating in the J-Lings, J- 200 grand a week. So, Dean Henderson interviewed today. Dean Henderson, is he on a loan to Forrest? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was promised the number one by the club after the Euros. So, we're going back. So, that's you. Yeah. Torn down good loan mills, then they shot them. Is this Manchester United? Yeah. So, if he was being promised number one, it would have meant that the hair was on the way out. Well, I think he meant to be the first choice keeper. Okay. Um, he's not better than the hair. By the way. No, he's not. No, he's not even close. Um, I saw Henderson say he was told he was guaranteed fourth choice, but then got COVID and no one told him he wasn't number one, says Alan. Interesting. <laughs> Is that a Manchester United? Just to confirm. Um, if you're in there and you're watching on your desktop and you want to come in and you want to give us, uh, you want to quickly give us your uh, bargain of the summer or you want to give us the one that's being overpaid for, um, yeah, come, come on in. Um, come on down, the price is right, as he used to say on the telly. Um, surprise signing. Who surprised you? What signing jumped down and went, well, I can't believe they've done that. Um, Keith. Carney took Wemmick a sign for Chelsea today, didn't he? Looks like it, it looks like a deal was in place. Yeah. That's a surprise because I thought he was destined to go to Germany. Okay. Um, the one that's the... So I have players in here that are the surprising ones. Um, Chuck Wemmick is a surprise, um, but they could be in the ones to watch as well. Um, but I'm going to put them in here as the surprises. I think Aaron Hickey to Brentford is a great signing. Um, people the, know my love affair with Brentford. Is this the left back that was playing? Yeah, away? yeah, he's Scottish. He was playing for Bologna, and okay. he's excellent. He's he's both footed. You know, he can play on he can play on either side. He's really good, and you know, I think Arsenal were strongly linked with him, and he went to Brentford instead. So I think that's that's a that was a bit of a surprise. And another one I have is Czech to Corey. Czech to Corey going to Crystal Palace. I think is a great uh, surprise one. He's one that when Liverpool linked with Basuma, and I was skeptical of the fifty million price tag. Now Basuma went for a lot less than that. We know. I was t- said. I always said there's players in France that you can get that do that job for a lot less. And Palace signed this guy for about twenty two million euros to Corey from Lons, and I think he's going to be a deadly player. I think he's going to be a, a midfield. He's not a destroyer. He's he's a box to box, very like Basuma, um, and I think he's one to watch. Hundred percent. Uh, surprise one for you, Ma. Uh, I think Luis Sinister leads. Uh, caught him playing for Feyenoord last season in the final. And he really stood out on what seemed to be a decent enough Feyenoord team. Uh, I think Leeds got a, a good, tricky little player there. He's got a heck of a left foot on him. So he's one that I'm excited to see how he acclimatizes to uh, the Premier League. Mm. Owen says... Um can we talk about the video of Arteta playing You Never Walk Alone um, at Arsenal training in the run-up to playing Liverpool? Uh, he's a spoof for this fella. I keep telling you. And he's not, I keep saying it, he's not improving any players at Arsenal. He's just buying loads of players. Yeah. He's just improving nobody. 
just keep spending loads of money. Look at the amount of money they've spent in the two and a half years he's there and tell me who he's improved because he hasn't. Um, but fuck me, you know what I mean? It'd be like, I don't know, it'd be like me going off. It'd be like going to the Isle of Man for a pre-season tour and playing the Bee Gees at the train before <laughs> you go. Like, you know what I mean? It just doesn't work. Um, surprise signing so far for me, I think Ericsson is a bit of a surprise at United. Yeah. Look at the players they have. I think it's a bit of a surprise. Look at what they need is a bit of a surprise. I think he's, yeah. when you look at the likes of Bruno Fernandez there, you know, are you fitting him and Ericsson into the one team? Maybe. You play Fernandez off the left hand side, but he does he want to be there? I'm not too sure. Ericsson's a really good player. Don't get me wrong. I'd have had him at Liverpool. Um, and would he have suited in Liverpool? Probably. If you put him in the midfield three, if you could walk. But you know, I don't know if you know you need him. I think he's a I think he's a little bit of a surprise. Um I was a bit surprised at Calvin Phillips to, to see. I was. I was a little bit surprised at that. But nothing has really stood out to me over the summer and went, Wow, like what is going on there? Nothing really stood out to me. Now there could be some there you go. Um I'll tell you what City City letting Zinchenko go was one that surprised me. I might yeah. have misunderstood your question when I first heard it. Like hearing that City are they don't seem any closer than they were at the start of the off season yeah. of signing Kukurea. No, and, they're not. They're going to sign another guy off Anderlecht instead, Sergio Gomez. Yeah. Sergio Gomez. I, I think the Zinchenko one is a surprise, and I know you could have taken that question anyway. You want like where what the fuck's going on, or where well, I can't believe they've let him go. Um, or, yeah, the Zinchenko one. And, you know, you kind of look around and you kind of think that, uh, for me, Zinchenko one's a really good, really good um, example, actually. But other than that, there hasn't been one where, you know, when you see a signing happen and you see the price and you go, that's fucking mad. That is actually mad. I don't think anything has jumped out now. People in the chat might throw a load of names at me. Good mad or mad mad? Just either. Yeah, because no, even the looks of Sterling to Chelsea, but it's, it was rumoured for ages, and you knew there wasn't many teams he could go yeah, to. you kind of felt that coming, though. You kind of felt Chelsea yeah. leaving, and if he was leaving, he was probably only going to sign for... It could possibly only be Arsenal, Chelsea, or Liverpool, really. Maybe a Newcastle, that would have thrown a load of money at him. But um, it's... Yeah, I, I just think... Nothing has really stood out to me where it's absolutely bonkers. We'd probably see it before the window. If we weren't a Liverpool channel, the answer is probably Darwin Nunez. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is probably Very for true. maybe even for the last question as well, in terms of who is overpriced. It's, but we all think and hope and believe that he's going to come good so that, you know, uh, asterisk 170 trillion that we paid for him with add ons, you know, mm. will look like good money spent in the end. But I mean, even at the end of this season, if he gets you know, 15, 20 goals in all competitions as Liverpool fans, we'd all probably look at that and go good for a season. We we'll can build off you. of that, but everybody else will look at it and go, you paid 80 million for 20 goals. Like that mm. guy was a flop. So, you know, that's probably the obvious one that we're Very not. To... Yeah. That's, that's down. Now, if there's anybody watching and you want to come in and give your opinion, this is probably the time to do it because the next one is the top six and the order you have the top six in for next season. I want an order. I don't want random fucking names. That's not how we walk. We like orders and we like you to pin your colours to a ma to the mast. Keith, top six. 
I've just changed mine literally as I speak. <laughs> right. I've just changed mine. Okay. So I'm going with Liverpool to win the league. I always why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? I don't understand this thing. You know, I used to bug the bollocks out of me when people would be like, Oh, this year's gonna be a year. If you don't think it's gonna be a year, what's the point? Yeah. So I always have Liverpool yeah. and I I especially have them this year because I think we're gonna hundred percent gonna do it. So if Liverpool ahead of City, obviously, I think they're light years ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. I have spores and third. I think Conte will have them drilled. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's a fine line with Conte. He could, he could be in one of our other categories later on as well. But I'm going with Spurs and Tord. Now, if put Chelsea into fourth, I had Arsenal. Okay. <laughs> and all this Arteta stuff that they were putting the wind up. <laughs> yeah. So I've dropped them. Yeah. Yeah. And I've dropped them down to sixth because I've, I've put them behind United. So I'm going with Liverpool, City, Spurs, Chelsea, United, Arsenal. I think United are a very much. I think they do need to do another one or two signings. But, but, but the Ten Hag factor is intriguing. I think he's a better coach than Arteta. He is a better coach, maybe. But Keith, just to stay with you for a minute, right? And Jack in the chat said he could explain what's going on at Leicester because Kev has asked the question, "What is going on at Leicester?" Um, if Jack wants to come on and talk to us about Leicester, by all means, Jack, jump on and you can talk to us for a minute about Leicester. Um, because I fucking despise Brandon Rogers, so I'm, I'm all up for it. <laughs> well, you um, have them in a category later on. Uh, but Keith, Melassia, Ericsson, right? Who Martinez. else? Alexander Martinez. That's the three signings. Yeah. Improves my left back. Yeah. Yeah. Improves my centre half. Yeah. Depends who plays. <laughs> yeah. Depends who yeah. he plays him with. Uh, playing with Varane right okay um, I think Varane is overrated yeah so do I I'd actually go with Lindelof <laughs> me too yeah. that's just me um, and Eriksen is a really good player but when you look at the midfield is he going to put Fred McTominay Eriksen and put Fernandez one side Sancho the other and Ronaldo if he keeps him up front somewhere along that line maybe Donny van der Beek as well there yeah but Donny van der Beek <sighs> Played from my Ajax. They have to change the way they play to fit him in. Mm. And in order to play to change the way they play, they need to be brave. And I don't think they have the players in our, right now to be that brave. Really don't. I include the goalkeeper in that, who's just nailed to his line. I think a, yeah. a fullback, right fullback, and if they have any, any sort of issue with centre-back, they're in trouble. I think McTominay is good. I think Fred turns up when he feels like it. Fernandez didn't do enough for me last season. Um, they're raving about Anthony Martial that they didn't want him back from Sevilla. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Rashford had a decent preseason, wasn't there last season. Sancho's looked really good, and in fairness, he probably needed it away from Soldier and a new manager. But you have, where do you have United? I have United fifth. Above I have them missing out. I have them above Arsenal. And the reason I have them above Arsenal. So you have them in the. Did you finish? Where did you finish last season? Six? Seventh. Sixth. Seventh. Seventh. Six. Was it sixth or sixth right. or seventh? I don't know. They finished sixth. They're Europa oh, they League sixth. and West. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. They picked West, West Ham. Dropped they? the ball. Yeah. yeah. So with um, all that, you're only you're only rising one place. Yeah. Okay. I think Arsenal have done an awful lot, and I think the hype around Arsenal, I don't know if it's real or not. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if Jesus is. A, I think Jesus is going to be. You know. I think he's going to be excellent for Arsenal playing centrally. I really do want to think the players around them. But I still think they have the same old Arsenal will have the same old problems and they will be a soft shoe in the middle and the defence and people will get through them yeah. too easy. And I think that keeper's one of the worst in the league. So when I thought about it, they're going down to sixth. Okay. Fair enough. Ma, 
Top six for you. And it's, as I said, if there's anybody there that wants to come in and give the top six, jump in and tell us. No That's right. Be be brave. Crawl from Be brave because people are love telling you their opinion and then when you offer them to come on, they don't. So come yeah. on. That's right. That's uh, I mean, I, I think I've found a little problem with Keith's reasoning. He obviously didn't see the tweet where Arsenal said they have the best set of center halves in the league. So, I mean, come <laughs> oh. on, Keith. That's not that's yeah, not a team sorry. that finishes in sixth. Rob Holding? <laughs> come on. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> my top six, uh, I said it on the last show I was on. I think we get 103 points. I think we win the league this year. I think we win it pretty comfortably. Not Maybe not as comfortably as, uh, as the last time, but I, I don't think it's going to be a nail-biting down to the last day sort of thing. And as much as I really want in second, it's just not going to happen. It's the, the gap from second to third will be huge. Yeah. And it gets interesting. I went the same way as Keith. I got Spurs in third, Chelsea in fourth, uh, and Arsenal fifth, United sixth. Because, again, those center halves. Okay. Um, let me see. Laura Duffy is going to uh, – she's a bargain. Newcastle's trio. Newcastle's tree of Pope. Uh, Botman, Botman and someone else. Oh, Target. Boys, maybe Kula Bali at 33 million. Uh, let's see if we can add Laura in here and she can give us our top six. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, Laura. We, we can, can hear, hear you. Um, would you like to give us your top six for the season? Uh, um, I think, well, one, us, City, the second, Spurs, third, almost kind of by default. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Kind of how Chelsea ended up, you know, kind of by default just in third last season. Chelsea this year, I think, in fourth by default, just because the there's not a lot underneath that can challenge either Spurs or Chelsea. United, I have fifth. Um, West Ham, maybe. West Ham is an interesting one because last. Are we, season, are we leaving? Are we leaving Arsenal out here? Arsenal, I had it between West Ham and Arsenal. Um, but then the surprise might be Newcastle. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that Eddie Howe has what it takes to manage, you know. I think he did a good job last season um, with, you know, the situation that he was in. But I'm not sure. I think if... Things go south with what I mean. They didn't spend a lot, but I think if things go south, they um, he was a stopgap, and yeah, they're and they're going to replace him as soon as they can with someone who Pochettino. Yeah, and he's looking for he's looking for a job. So. Yeah, he's definitely down the job center, look, looking yeah. for jobs in the in the in the northeast. So it's you have a bargain with the Newcastle three because uh, there's the three target Pope and. Um, Bob. Ben Bachman are worth sixty million. So yeah, yeah that's not bad. It's not bad, but I think Newcastle probably spent that money where it's okay, and they're going to enter cheat mode, and um, very soon where they become the, one of the top cheats in world football along with Man City. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah, 100%. but they, but you know, they didn't make the mistake of let's splash as much money as we can right now. Yeah, um, it'll it'll happen slowly over time. I think where it's you turn around and it's like, oh yeah, we all knew this was coming, but they didn't do it right away. So it was 
you know, it kind of oozes in under the radar right now. Yeah, they can't they can't throw a Neymar in with a John Joe Shelby, so they look great right on the John Joe Shelbys, and then, and then they'll it, start, yeah. and that that's what they'll do. They won't, you know what I mean? They, they they'll improve their squad to a better standard, and then start adding in the superstars. Yeah, yeah. If if only oh sorry, if only Zlatan was two years younger, because that's a perfect you know oh. their their Robinho, you know. Yeah, Zlatan told us the king of Newcastle to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely amazing thanks a million Laura um, force for the call in tonight thanks a million brilliant see you in a bit right. top six Liverpool number one yeah. um, Man City number two because like I said a lot of teams are out there trying to improve and I think they have but I think even when you watch Saturday you, you just look at Liverpool and City are just the speed and the power and the know-how is just yeah. beyond where anyone else has. And, and that's no disrespect to anyone else out there. I think I think Spurs are a good bet for Todd. I think the back, that half the season that Conte has, I think he has them in Champions League kind of football, doesn't he? Um, you know, he, he, now we get, they get Champions League, but what I mean is that the points per game was really good from them. Um, and I think Basuma is a really good sign for them. In there with um, Ben Hoiberg, you know, I think that it's another good option. Um, Jed Spence is good. Perisic is really good. He's a really good. He's a very, very clever signer. Richardson, if he's if he's willing to sit where he's going to sit in that pecking order, he could do all right. I think Spurs are a decent bet, and I only say that because they finished fourth behind Chelsea last season, and I think that Chelsea side looks old, and I think yeah. it looks tired, and I think it looks. Aspilicueta and Alonso are still there, but I think they won't do. You know, they're, they've signed Kula Bali. They're looking at Wesley Fafana off Leicester. Um, but I look, I look at where, where do you put in Kai Havertz? We're just playing where he's meant to play for me as a 10, right? But then who do you put up front? Vernal doesn't look like a footballer to me. Sterling is a good sign, regardless of what you think of. Um, but in midfield, you know, how much, how much weight did he give to Conor Gallagher? Does Kante play enough games? I just, I just don't know. It looks, it feels a bit stale at Chelsea. Now that could all yeah. change. Um, I'm going to put Arsenal in fourth. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. They came close last season. I think Chelsea aren't as good as they were last season, and I think Arsenal have improved. I.e., if Saliba is good enough. He'll do really well for them. And I think an absolute goal scorer in Jesus, regardless of what people think he's a winger or not, he's a goal scorer. And I think that's what he needs. I think that'll help Saka and Martinelli. I think it'll take actually pressure off them. Um, and Ketia might improve off the back of that because he's not being thrown in. Although he does really well. Do you remember when he went at Stamford Bridge as, as a striker? Mm-hmm. I just think Arsenal might edge fort. I think United are probably another year away from getting into top four because... I don't think he signed enough, and what he's left with is a, is a massive part of what was there last season, despite who's left. Um, yeah, I'd have Chelsea fifth, United sixth. You I'm think saying. Arsenal have a deep enough squad, Gav, to deal with the with the Thursday Sunday? <clears throat> I think, like, especially if they get out of the group stage of the Europa I think, League. You know, I and- think they have a decision to make. I think they'll take the Europa League on its merits up until the World Cup, because then it all shuts down. And I think then if they, if, if they were to get there and they were, say, fourth in the league, and 
they were all they were true in the Europa League. I think they'll have a decision to make. And I think they'll the decision will be to probably push on with the league. If they were sixth or seventh, the decision will be let's push for the Europa League, I guess, in the Champions League. But yeah, I think the signings they've made they've made a they've made some good signings. Vieira is being signed by them as well. So I just think the improvement in Arsenal coupled with despite Spurs improving for me, Chelsea might drop a little bit, and I think that's where Arsenal might just do them. And I think Arsenal were ahead of United last season, and I think they've had a better summer this this summer as well. So that's where probably just squeeze Arsenal into fourth. Um, Jack says. Uh, he was trying to set up his mic and everything crashed, he said. Happy to chat Leicester if you like, or another night. Jack, if you want to come on and talk to Les- about Leicester for a few minutes, you just throw it on there and we'll bring you on for that a happened to me. Uh, that happened to me last week, Jack. When I tried to join, it froze my window up. Just reload the page and try again and it should work. Cool. Well, if he wants to come on, he can. And if anyone wants to come yeah. on and ask a question or whatever you want, um, you can do that and we can get you. Stephen Murphy makes a good point there. I think everything else with the top two is up for grabs. None of them are good enough to break away and their Euro games will have a massive effect on them. And I think that's very fair. And I think that's what could determine the order. Well, you know, Liverpool and City can go and do it. You know, you've seen yeah. it. Liverpool played every possible fucking game last season. Yeah. Whereas Liverpool can go and do it. And we do make decisions within that. You know, we've seen, you know, FA Cup lineups. We've seen League Cup lineups. We've seen some league lineups, some Champions League lineups to compensate. Cade, for. Cade Gordon starting an FA Cup semi final. Yeah, you know, it's it's just <laughs> they make those decisions because the, a they trust the players they have, but b you know they're confident enough in, in what they have and they can just they can get away with it. You know what I mean? Um, and they're in a position that they were. I.e., you win your first four group games and you've two free. Let's be honest, you have a really good away win in the fourth leg. And you have a free home game, really, in, in knockout stuff. But the other clubs just have decisions to make, and it's up to them what decision they make. They could make the wrong one. You could decide we go for the league, drop out of Europa League, end up fifth. Looks a fucking disaster. You know, to start the way. Um, bottom three. Matt, I'll let you go first on the bottom three. All right. Um, I last place i i think is bournemouth i think bournemouth is doomed to have a real real tough season uh i would consider bumping them up into 19th if they can get a signing in nat phillips across the line i honestly think that he would be worth enough points to make a difference between 20th and 19th which isn't enough but i think it's something uh 19th i got knots Forest going down simply because that guy i met in montreal with the nottingham forest shirt on was a bit of a dick so now i want them to go down so uh that's good they're, they're that's in good that phillips reason. transferred away from finishing bottom as good a reason as any he said it's not knots Forest; it's nottingham Forest." So i was like fuck if i i didn't know any better so no, fuck, I hope a lot of them do call them knots Forest. <laughs> yeah yeah well that's that's what i thought but apparently no and uh, the last <laughs> team to go down, try as try as I might, uh, I, Everton I think is going to be safe. I think Southampton's going to go this year. Okay, Keith, we're nearly an hour in, so we still are. Yeah, right. Trees, bottom three: Bournemouth, Fulham, and Everton. I don't think they're going to be safe. Okay, um, Bournemouth. I think the three that come up go back down. Mm. I was toying with that myself, but Everton have laid desperate and they're not the only I don't think Bournemouth have done enough. I think Fulham have lost Carvalho and I think they're frustrated when in the transfer market from reading from it's Marco Silva that's involved. Yeah. Manages them. Yeah. And it's Mitrovic for Fulham. 
if Mitrovic can get half the goals he got See, last that's, season, that's what they have as goals, up. isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. But Mi- is, last time think, they came up, Mitrovic was yeah. garbage. Yeah, I think I think the worry I have for Forrest is the amount. Now, I understand he had a load of low knees last season, so yeah. they have to sign players. But I just think it's an awful lot of players to yeah. sign. It's, it's an awful many. lot of players to gel. Like, if you talk about, if you talk about, say, sports, if sports signed eight this summer, you go, it's a lot of fucking players. You know, but when you look at sports and you go, like, Jed Spence, Perisic, Basuma, um, Long lay on loan. Long lay. They've done five, right? But they're not massively affecting their first 11, if you get me. You know, I don't think Long lay might start. You know, there could be an argument over Jed Spence. Will he start? Um, I think Basuma will start over maybe Heuberg. Yeah. And Richardson, does he start? I'm not sure. Paris does. So probably two of the five definitely start. But with Forrest, it looks like he's signed a lot of players that they're expecting to start every week. And I, I, I kind of get a feeling they might start well. And if they get a slump, they might just find it difficult to get out of. They have a good coach. Yeah, they have got a good coach. He's done really well. Um, I think Forrest... And I kind of agree with you, Keith. I think everything's a weird one. I think they made a good signing in Vinegra. I think they made a really good signing with Tarkowski. But I think he might have too much on his shoulders to try to deal with, considering the rest of the people around him. And um, they've signed Dwight McNeil, who's who's actually a good player. He's just in a bony thing that just did not suit one bit. Yeah, but does he deal the numbers? You know? that's, that's the worry I'd have with him. Does he yeah, have the but, numbers? But I think sometimes it's hard as an attacking player for Burnley to be judged on numbers. Because the way they played, he just launch ball, launch balls at yeah. Chris Ward or, you know, fucking Ashley, whatever his name is. Um, Barnes. Ashley Barnes. Like, and it's just, it's not football. It's like Davo says, they're playing a different fucking sport. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's hard for wild players in particular. Like Aaron Lennon was with Burnley, had a yeah. really good season by all the things, but you'd never notice he has a good season because yeah. they don't give the ball an awful lot to Aaron Lennon yeah. in, when you're kind of watching football or watching games. So, It'll be interesting to see. Um, the thing, the thing with the Everton is that news that came out today that Calvert Lewin has picked up an injury. Yeah. If he's where, where do the goals for, come from? If he's yeah. injured for a couple months, they are in serious. Did I see that Newcastle stuff. wanted to sign Rondon back <laughs> off Everton for fifteen million? Was that a joke? I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Honest. I'm not entirely sure. I, I I just saw some Everton fans that were saying like, it's okay because Deli Ali is going to have a career resurgence playing the false nine for Everton. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Of course. I I, <laughs> I reserve the right until the news of that scan comes out in the next day or two to change my bottom three because <laughs> yeah, that's, Everton that's might. That's they fair. might need to go back in. Okay, right. Let's last two days. I want just one word answers. Top scorer Keith Mo Salah. Matt Salah. Gav. Harry Kane. But I think Salah gets more assists than he did last season. Anyway, top assists, Keith. Kevin De Bruyne. Ma? Uh, I said earlier on another show, I think Trent's going to get 20 this year. Trent. Okay. Um, Gav? Mo Salah. Surprised him in a good way. So basically, didn't expect that, but they were fucking going to do me. Yeah. Well, Me? Yeah. Brighton. Okay. Loved them. Man. Loved them. 
Uh, for me, I think it's going to be Leeds. I think they really struggled last year and they flirted yeah. with going back down and it could have been a real different universe for Leeds to be living in. But uh, I agree with what you said earlier. I think they've made some pretty shrewd signings. March seems to have a plan going forward. Uh, yeah, I think Leeds are going to have a, a, a much less heart attack type of final few months of the season. Yeah. Surprise team in a bad way. Oh, yeah, they should be good, but I'm not. Keith? Leicester. Okay. Ma? Mock. Yeah, I Southampton. I think Southampton's going to be god-awful this year. Okay. Sorry, my surprise team in a good way, I think, might be Palace. Yeah. Um, another year under Vieira. Them players are really exciting and, and another year under our belts. Um, sorry, who did you go, Ma? For the bad team, Southampton, you went with? I went with Leicester. Leicester, okay. Um, I'm struggling with this one. I'm struggling with this one. I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle struggled a bit. Yeah, I could see that. I think that I think they're being pushed up there where they might kind of look between say seventh and tenth, and I could see them finishing just below that. I really could, um, but but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, player of the year, Keith. So, uh, so this will be this will be players player of the year. Oh no, you didn't say that. Well, players, listen, player I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Player of the Year, Premier League Player of the Year. Mo Salah. I think he's going to bleed and rumble in loads of goals. Mo Salah. Matt? Yeah, it's Mo Salah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think... I, I looked at him on Saturday and I thought, this fella looks like he's just floating on air. Yeah. And he's in some serious fucking bother here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think the you, fact that he has a target to hit in the middle mm-hmm. if he's playing with Diaz, I think, is... is Outrageous! Because yeah. he can if he if he if he doesn't think he can score, instead of trying to pinpoint the ball, he can literally just lob one up in the air, and this fella is just like a lunatic. And then chase it. Yeah. He can lob it up in the air and then chase his own ball yeah. because he knows that it's you know it might either get on net and get for a rebound or Darwin might just head it down to him. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I think it will be played here. Flop of the season. Who's going to flop? Who is being highly rated? And is going to flop. Jack was in the chat earlier, wasn't he? He was the Leicester fan. Jack, if you're still mm-hmm. there, set up and come in because I want to have a chat with you. <laughs> flop of the season. Yeah. Who's up there and you kind of go highly rated and it's just not going to happen? This is the and only it, one that don't have an answer it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a player that signed yeah. the season. It could be someone that you is just, you know, deadly and just not walking. What? Uh, I'll go first, Keith, go to give you a second go. to think about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it in terms of transfers this season, and I figured like per dollar would be Richarlison and overall probably Erickson. But if it doesn't have to be somebody that moved this year, I think it could be a rough year for Cristiano Ronaldo. It's okay. if the guys running Manchester United don't completely drop the ball, which, to be fair, yeah. I hope they do, they will back Ten Hag over Ronaldo when eventually they come to loggerheads. If they feel the pressure from the online Sioux boys, they'll back Ronaldo and, you know, Ten Hag will get the axe in February or something like that. But if they're smart about it, they'll back the manager and what he's trying to do there. And Cristiano Ronaldo's end of his career will putter out worse than Messi's is currently. Okay. Um, Keith? See, Ronaldo's a great show because of the way they play. Grealish in the chat there is another one. I just, it looks like they're shoehorning him into their team, but they can absorb that 100 million loss. 
one player that I think will will flop bad. Um, let me think. Owen in the chat says Coutinho because he doesn't yeah, think he's with the Premier League anymore. I think Steven Gerrard could could be the flop of the season. I think he could be found out this year. Okay. I t- I'm actually going to go back to one of the players you mentioned earlier, and it's the guy at Villa, the centre back. That's something because like Diego he, Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's 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 a, a hint of liability. Off here. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm going to bring Jack in here. Let's see because I want to I want to talk about the next thing. Uh, let's see if we can get Jack in. Hello, fellas, you're right. Jack, mate, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. You? Good, good. Sound is absolutely amazing, by the way. Oh, Um, thank you. (laughs) So, um, Jack, I've left left two two kind of topics to the end, right? And I'm kind of glad you came in at this time. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to include you in both. The first one is going to be um, fairly quick for our last all three, but then I want to get into a conversation because I really want to just have a go, Brendan Rogers, right? I'm going to be very honest, right? but the second last topic of tonight is your one player to watch this season. It can be a fella that's moved transfer-wise. It can be a guy that you've seen last season you think he could get better. Um, it can be anything like that. I'm going to leave Jack to last because he didn't see the list prior to the show. Um, Keith's looking a bit nervous like he didn't read all the lists. So no, no, I have mine nailed down on okay, this Okay, cool. Keith, one player to watch. Moish Casado off Brighton. Okay. He's fucking brilliant. He's amazing, this kid. He's one of the best things to come out of South America, midfield players. And he came to Brighton last year and got loaned out, struggled to settle in, came in the back end of the season, put in some good, good performances. And I think with Basuma moving on, I think they have their replacements already in Enoch Mepu and uh, Moish Cachado. And I think he's going to be the, the one to watch. He's going to be the, the, the surprise package for the season for me. This reminds me of last season when you said that the guy Samara off Leicester was. I did say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that went well, didn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. that's haunted so, me uh, ever since. That's haunted me ever since. Brighton fans smashing up their screen. <laughs> Much more confident than this one, Cushado, yeah. man to watch. Is that because he's, he's from South America? Yeah, Ecuador, Ecuador, and the flavour of the month. South America. They, yeah, they've, they've done it again, haven't they? They've just brought in that Paraguayan. 18 year old is it Julio Enquiso like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, their scouting is absolutely brilliant you know and, and it doesn't always work straight off the bat for them it takes a while for yeah. some of these lads to come in but they're, they're like picking Brighton. up these South Americans so do I, yeah, I like I them except right. for the time that Danny Welbeck ran for, for 8 yards and then fell on the ground and yeah, yeah. that was a shame that, that was, was a shame. shame and he's a prick um, so <laughs> that, that doesn't work you can go well Ma one player to watch this season uh, I got two, one new, one old. The player I'm most interested in watching mentioned earlier is Skamaka at West Ham because uh, it feels like a kind of ride or die. Antonio really petered out at the end of last season. Uh, and Moyes isn't shit as much as we all rag on him because he used to be the Everton boss. He's, he's a good quality manager. So he's one that I, I'm really interested in watching how he adapts to the league. And then the old one is uh, I'm very interested to see what happens to Marcus Rashford this season. Because if he does not turn it around this year, he's got to go. He's got to go. And this is a player that I would have loved to have at Liverpool two, three seasons ago. Okay. Jack, one player to watch? Uh, I feel like it's a player that's kind of going a bit under the radar. Um, Leon Bailey at Villa. I think when he signed for them last season, there was so much hype around him. Because this is a player that England were desperate to get on their books. And he ended up obviously choosing Jamaica. I think maybe he's just 
not found his feet or his rhythm at Villa, but he's looked really sharp in pre-season. I think that Leon Bailey's definitely someone that could maybe revitalise Villa a little bit this season. Okay. Um, the last one was the fourth manager to go. Why did you keep this one for Jack? Because I hope it's Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> um, so anyone that doesn't know, um, which I don't think it is, I fucking despise Brendan Rodgers. Um, he was Liverpool manager. I liked him. Um, I actually liked him for most of his tenure at Liverpool. And then he most. had the goal to get beaten 6-1 at Stoke and stay in the job. Yeah. Have all his backroom staff sacked so he could keep his job. Yeah. And um, then signed Mario Balotelli or fucking... Do- he went off the rocker completely. But... Jack... I'll ask the lads in a minute what, what, what who do you think is going to get managed for. I'm going to say it's Brendan Rodgers. Right? Because... There's kind of strange things coming out of Leicester in the last couple of days. Wesley Fafana um, changing all his social media stuff. He's like, he's, you know, he's dicing it up mm-hmm. on his social media. Don't think, they, have they made a signing? Um, Madison's, no. Madison's being linked away to Newcastle. Um, apparently Shmoy United and gone. one other club are monitoring Vardy because he has a year left on his deal. Hmm. It feels a bit to me like New- Leicester aren't ready to commit more money to Brendan Rodgers but just forgot to sack him. There's there's very much a changing of the guard taking place, I think. Um, there's a pe- photo. Michael, of course, gone as well, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a really sad one for me because, like, he, he is, him and Vardy, they kind of are Leicester. Like, if you look at Leicester, you mm. think Schmeichel, Vardy, like, that's that's the thing. Like, But there, there definitely was rumblings last season that Schmeichel is kind of on his way out. He was openly doing interviews saying he wanted to play European football again. Like, obviously, Nice is maybe not quite where he was thinking but you know twilight years of your career three years in the south of France you can't really knock yeah. it on that yeah, um, place that they were. oh definitely um, but there was definitely rumblings last season that like he maybe won't be here this season he's only got a year left on his deal as well um, Vardy I mean if he was to, I mean there's every year every year since he's been good there's been some newspaper saying Vardy will go to Chelsea or City he was, or Arsenal. He, was, he, he seemed to be close to Arsenal, didn't he? Maybe the season after he won the title. Yeah, it yeah. was the, it was the summer we won the league. So Mares, yeah. Vardy, Kante all had release clauses because we weren't expecting to do as well as we did, of yes. course. Um, and they were dirt cheap release clauses because we signed them all for dirt cheap money. Yeah. Um, and he, they met his release clause and he chose to stay, which is why obviously he's so iconic for us and he's become. I think he's very much knows where his bread is buttered. And I think if he fancies one one last, like, it'll be a huge loss. I'm not going to say and say it won't, but if he fancies one last shot of the big time, I mean, he's, he's been such a great servant to us. Who am I to say no to him? But it would be a massive loss to the club. The other two that you mentioned, Fafana, Madison. Fafana in March signed a brand new five-year deal. So if he does go, we're getting big money for him. Like, that's, <sighs> like I don't want to lose him, but... Yeah. Protecting from Madison's the I gave him that one. contract off the back of a really serious injury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the the whole social media thing is is an odd one. I was talking about this on my podcast I recorded earlier. Like he he's a bit like that. Like his character, he's very active on social media. He he understands how the game works in terms of a PR thing. Yeah, because he's he's removing things. He's adding back in. He's liking things. He's unliking them. He's he very much does sort of have that sort of almost like troll mentality on on social media. Whether that is, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know how serious it is. Out of the two of them, he's the one that Roger said is not for sale. So it's yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult to see so many players linked away and nobody linked to come in, which is 
that's the most frustrating thing. But that's that's down to our squad size. We've got 29 players on massive wages, and you and we haven't got Europe this season. Mm. You can only register 25 players. So our our um, wage to turnover ratio is at like 85 percent. So in terms of being Wait, in line with FFP, oh. yeah, the money's there. Like I've I've spoken to numerous people like like the Indonos and everything. They're they're adamant the money to spend is there. It's just they can't bring anyone in without getting rid of three people. players. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We've yeah. got to sell like five players to buy one. It's 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 re- unless they pump from through some of the young players, and we've got some really good young players, but not good enough to play in the Premier League yet, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's it's frustrating is the word. I don't think either of those two that we mentioned, Fafana and Madison, will go this this window, but I don't think it'll be long before they do. Is Tielemans likely to go? Yeah, I think so. I think we've. I think most Leicester fans are resigned to the fact that Tielemans will go. Probably, there's 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 a little there's a few rumblings that the whole Madison thing is a bit of a smokescreen for him signing a new deal because with Schmeichel leaving, frees up about 130k, which would obviously allow Madison's agent to negotiate a bit more because I think he's our most important player. I think he wants his contract to represent that. Um, I think that maybe Ashworth is working with Leicester to go. Well, Madison's the feeler, but actually they might be leaning towards Tielemans because he would instantly improve them and he's available. But the catch there is that he is desperate for European football, yeah. which is, and I think his form last season is why there isn't teams lining up for him. Like yeah. for a player of his quality, there should be. But I think I think you're right. I think I think if this was say this time last year and Tielemans was had a year, I think he's a year left on his deal, does he? Hmm. Um, yeah, fresh I, off the back of the scoring the FA Cup final winner, yes, like stocks think, really high. I think if this was this time last year and forgetting that form that he had last year, I think the likes of Liverpool would have looked him. Mm. You know, mm. because he can't play in the midfield three, he can't play that eight position. Um, he works hard, he's athletic, he has that everything. But I think that form last season kind of turned a few people. And I suppose there was a bit of, and, and this is me looking from the outside in, there, there was a lot of kind of rumblings in January that seemed to unsettle Leicester quite a bit um, mm. around Tielemans. And it was it was like, it, it was kind of taken over. What? anything about Leicester at the time for maybe a week or two period and you're kind of going is that right maybe not but mm. that's that's how it's working um, I'll come back to you Jack because I'll ask you who you think will go first yeah, I right. think it'll be Brendan Rodgers um, I'd love it to be Frank Lampard <laughs> but I think he'll hang on uh, Matt forced manager to go I think the first manager to get the sack is going to be the Alpine Emmett Cavanaugh, the master of the nine nil defeat himself, Ralph Hasenhutl. I think. I think finally. You really don't like Southampton, do you? He hates that goals, doesn't he? Absolutely I, shit I, on Southampton as much as he can to me. If if Southampton doesn't get ten free kick goals from James Ward Prowse last season, they are in a significantly bigger world of hurt than they are. Like he came up with some clutch goals for them at you know in tight games when they needed it. I just don't think it's going to be there. I don't know who's going to score the goals for Southampton. Broa is not there. Yeah, that's the young, the young, not, really, Listen, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think you're bullying Southampton. That's yeah. The young lad that just signed is really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you had to pick somebody, but you could have went for somebody else. No, you're not. You're adamant. You're adamant. It's fucking Southampton. Fair enough, Keith. I think it's Lampard. Um, I've yeah, never I hope. <laughs> no think. I I I don't know if I've ever seen a manager talk about relegation battles in the preseason before. Yeah, he's great. Like 
<laughs> and trying to distance himself from it when it's yeah. all down to yeah. him. He's, he's basically trying to tell you it's nothing to do with him, despite yeah. the fact he's the manager of Everton. And I know it's easy when you're a Liverpool fan or a Liverpool channel, and, and it sounds like I'm just sort of digging more, in on Frank more, Lampard, um, but more fun than easy, I think. Yeah, but it's. It, I think it's most likely now. I do agree with Matt. I think I think Emmett at Southampton could be in trouble. Um, <laughs> but then again, a man that gets beaten routinely, knowing nil and hasn't got sacked. You know, ow, I think he's. Ow. In, he's in, well, that's another one. Hell could be another one as well. That's in the mix as well. You know, at Newcastle, expectations and all that could be. Did Eddie Hell ride a bit of a crest of a wave last season? Will expectations be that much higher? But I can't Is get away from. Is going to take another job? Well, with Pochettino hovering out there, I think Newcastle will be looking at that. I don't think Everton and, and Southampton will be shopping in that market or Leicester. No, no I mean, if, if another if another big European team, you know, has an opening and Pochettino starts flirting with that job, it might be enough to make Newcastle pull the trigger. It could, yeah. I, I think so. But I think, do you know what? So you're going, you're going Lampard. I can't get away from Lampard. Okay, no. that's fair. I, I, I hear you. Um, Matt is just absolutely anti South Coast, and he's sticking with Southampton. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let Jack go last. I think it's the Marco Silva at Fulham. He's volatile, isn't he? They like to be. They like to be a little bit trigger happy when they're in the Premier League as well, um, and just go bang. And do you know what? It's it, it's days like this that you wish Watford were in the Premier League because you could just pick the Watford manager. Yeah. and you know you're getting it right. <laughs> Bonus you know. points if no, Watford sacked two like, managers like, before the Premier League manager goes. If 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 you wake up and a ma- when Watford were in the Premier League and you woke up and there was a manager sacked before the Watford manager, um, when yeah. the season starts, you woke up in complete shock. Like you had to go on the drink for the day. It was just like what is going on in the world. It, it was apocalypse stuff. Um, but but Fulham have done this as well. Do you remember they brought in Rennie Mullenstein at, at one stage? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, they've done that. Yeah. And, and I, I have a feeling when you're in the Premier League the last time, you've messed around a bit with a couple of... Ah, they always do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Marco Silva might, might want to watch his back. But that's not a Pochettino move, right? No. And I don't think Leicester's a Pochettino move. And I don't think Everton is either. I think that, that Newcastle one might be, though. I think that Newcastle one might be. Um, and it'll be interesting. The other one thing to watch is Tuchel at Chelsea. Your mate, your boy, yeah, getting them all in I here. Can't stand. I think that's a Pochettino job. Yeah. And that's what you have to think of. You have to think where is Pochettino going because he's he's very highly rated. Right. I think he's I think he's a bit harshly treated um because of his time at PSG because that's circus. And I I just think watch wherever you think Pochettino might end up, put a few quid on their manager being sacked. That's that's where you should go with. Jack, is Brendan Rodgers the force to go or would you like Lampard or who would you like? Don't be so confident they've been bashed to me. I'll tell you why Rodgers isn't the first to go and it's not because we're going to tear it up this season. I mean, we might because, you know, but um, we, we, stranger things have happened in Leicester. Uh, but uh, his severance package would be too high. He's the fourth highest paid manager in the league and, I mean, if, if the media hoodoo is that we have no money is true and we can't sign players because of it, we're not going to sack Rodgers because of it. He's on... He's the fourth highest paid manager in the year in the league, so it would be. It would, I mean, we'd have to be in the bottom three for him to be sacked, in my opinion. Not that that that's not my opinion on whether he should go or not, and what my, what I think of him. But that's why he won't be sacked unless it's a really serious sort of really really poor season. Uh, it's difficult to look past Lampard because I mean he only they only really stayed up last season because there was 
a team worse than them. Yeah, like they got rid of Sean Dyche for whatever reason. Uh, Tuchel's a fair shout. I mean, I I can't really imagine why because, I mean, personal opinions aside, you can't really deny that he's a good manager, but he isn't Todd Bowley's man. Like yeah. he's he's Abramovich's man, so there's there's that argument. Um, at what point does Arteta's like all the investment they've given him? At what point does that become a burden like over his shoulder? Uh, but if I was going to put money on anyone, I, I would have to go with Fat Frank. Unfortunately, good, not unfortunately. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to buy into the Liverpool bias. It's just. It's just. <laughs> no, no, no. I think. I think he is. I think there's pressure yeah. on him. Everton's yeah. a big club, and they're and a basket really case. So. Easy not to like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, take Brendan Rodgers a seed, and that there's three better paid managers than oh, him in the God, league. Man. I'd well, say he has three envelopes with the names in it. Yes, he does. Yeah, of course yeah. he does. He loves he loves selling a pipe dream. That's probably oh, how he got the big wage. Make oil salesman. Love oh, him. Oh, it's unbelievable. Scabby. But, um, fourth highest paid manager in the league is absolute. Who's who's paid higher than him? Uh, Pep, Klopp, and I want to say Conte. I yeah. think he yeah. was third until Conte came in. I think. But it's 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 ridiculous because he's definitely not the fourth best manager in the league. <laughs> Correct. No. He's but, probably not the fourth best manager in Leicester. Um, no. Tommy Tuchel might want to get the axe from Chelsea if he's getting paid less than fucking Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is definitely looking at Conte to get out of sports. We can move back up that leaderboard, you know. And he, he definitely has a podium in his house that he just stands in the toilet spot before he goes to bed. Um, have you seen that? Um, right underneath, right underneath like, his painting. Yeah. You've, seen, you've seen that picture like the meme where it's the people on the uh, like the podium and he's like there's that one bloke celebrating with all the champagne and he's like the fifth sixth <laughs> highest one down yeah, it's yeah. just that just that's rogers he's like i'm the fourth highest paid i'll take it like he's yeah, got more than two shots. yeah he's just yeah. counting his money like, oh honestly um, i mean if um, only rogers could finish fourth you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's all he needs to be fair though finishing fifth two seasons in a row is is i mean Whatever you think about how we ended up there, I mean, from a Leicester point of view, it's, it's unbelievable, to be honest. We've had this <laughs> argument, Jack. Yeah, we have yeah, had this argument. If you're winning the race and you finish fourth or fifth, you don't celebrate it. So. Yeah. No. Um, no. no, I'm. And do you know what? That's probably what's annoyed me most about Brendan Rodgers is the two <laughs> fifth place finishes, particularly the one in um, the year Liverpool win the league, 1920. Yeah. Yeah. When you I think he takes 23 game. points for the last 19 games, and people are going, oh, but he's done all right. No, he didn't. Um, he picked up 23 points in 19 games. Um, yeah. And I've had this argument over and over again. I quite enjoy having the argument. We could probably do it again, Jack, at some stage. But at half 11 at night, um, we might <laughs> it's fair, it's fair, yeah. um, That has been a cracking uh, prediction show for 22-23. I want to thank Matt. I want to thank Keith. I want to thank Laura, who jumped onto a call. I want to thank Jack, who has a brilliant podcast called Talking Ballocks Pod, which is a brilliant name. Um, I love a good name to a podcast. It's like the, it's like the Leicester City one. Do you know Leicester City one? Um, for fuck's oh, sake. For fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, love yeah. that name as well. Um, Jack, where can people find you? You might as well do this. Uh, so we're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter, which is uh, it's at, at the Balax Pod because Talking Balax was already taken. And you can find us on Instagram as well at the Talking Balax Pod. Okay. Podcast release, YouTube. Uh, we, we're trying to get it on YouTube. Um, it's it's a bit difficult at the moment because obviously, like we've only really recently started up. Um, uh-huh. So we're on Spotify. Uh, that's where most of our content is found. But we're currently in the process of uh, doing it on YouTube as well. So hopefully, we'll be getting out there a bit more. How many people are on the podcast? Uh, so it's hosted by myself uh, and uh, a good friend of mine called Ewan, who is a Newcastle fan. So obviously, oh. a lot of tension, a lot of tension between us at the moment. Um, yeah. But yeah, so two of us, we've known each other for like ten years. So. 
Uh, we're always talking football. We just thought better than doing it in the echo chamber that is Twitter. We can do it on the echo chamber that is Spotify instead. So good Fair stuff. Enough. Good stuff. If you ever need anybody from this podcast to come on and join you as a Liverpool um, representative, please do so. If you need anyone to go on and bash it about bashing you, Southampton. Uh, Matt is always available and if you need anybody <laughs> to come on and tell you how great South America is Keith is also available too yeah, that has it. been the, um, the midweek charity week. sponsor Gav Premier League will you will, give me a second just making sure Gee, I never forget never uh, I forgot a couple of weeks ago hold on hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on we gave you sponsorships to read out and you decided against it and, and the reason that you got around it was you had me on the show so I would read it out for you, correct? Me? Keith. Oh, me, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. I thought you were, okay. I thought so, you were digging Matt out there. No, yeah. 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 Oh, I have, yeah, yeah. You can dig him out for the quizzes that he makes, which are horrendously hard. Yeah. But Keith, Keith used to say, oh, yeah, I'll read this out. And then he go, you're coming on the show tonight. And then he just go, oh, you just, you read it out. So, Gav, have you any sponsor news? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, the charity <laughs> is Bobby's Wish to Walk. Bobby's Wish to Walk is about a young guy, uh, seven years old, in Dublin that needs €150,000 to go to St. Louis in America to have treatment on... Um, it's basically the same treatment as we helped out with for Sienna. It's spasticity. Doia, Pelagia, spasticity um, in, in their bones and in their muscles and yeah it's a form of cerebral palsy he's topped 100,000 he's he's on the final straight now getting to 150 he goes off and he lives a brilliant brilliant life full of action and climbing and falling and all that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. um, the same way Sienna is Sienna's on holiday at the moment lounging by the pill and then jumping in the pill and swimming around so that's the difference it can make when a year ago, Sienna was on a walking frame, so that's that's the difference it makes. Go and check it out. Um, you can find it on our Twitter, you can find it on our Facebook, you can find it in our YouTube, all our YouTube videos and stuff like that as well. You will find it on the description for this show too. Um, Keith, thanks for being for joining me. Pleasure as always. Matt, thanks for being for joining me. See you tomorrow. Laura, thanks for being for joining us earlier. And Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks a lot for this. Thanks for inviting me on. Cheers. No problem at all. Over and out. Podcast Network.